Hello, you're listening to another episode of 123 All Ears on Me. I'm Kaylena Mills, and I'll be your host. Today we're going to be talking about bilingual education programs in early childhood, because December is Learn a Foreign Language Month. Bilingual programs have increased rapidly across the country in the past 10 years, and Maine is no exception. Portland Public Schools offers an elementary program that is a full Spanish immersion curriculum. Freeport has a private French immersion school for students aged 3 through 6th grade. And these are just a couple of the options in Maine. Many child care facilities and elementary schools also now offer some kind of foreign language instruction because the evidence is clear on why learning a second language is valuable and that starting at a young age is vital. Joining us for today's episode will be Tanya Hernandez, who is the owner-director of Miss Primeros Pasos Child Care Program in Ellsworth, along with her infant-toddler teacher, Cindy Tosca. They will share about their bilingual program, the benefits of bilingual education, and more. But before we jump into today's episode, I want to make sure everyone knows that the market rate survey deadline has been extended by the Office of Child and Family Services. The original deadline was December 1st, but they have extended that deadline to the end of December. So you now have two weeks left to complete the market rate survey. This is very important for childcare in our state. When everyone completes the market rate survey, we get a much more detailed and accurate picture of the state of childcare in Maine. Advocates like Maine AUIC can use this information to more accurately tell the story of childcare to policymakers in the state so that we can pass important and necessary legislation to improve childcare for children, families, and teachers. And completing this year's market rate survey is more important than ever before. The data and information gathered in this survey will be used as a key tool in the state's cost modeling process. In order to demonstrate to legislators, policymakers, families, businesses, and everyone in the state how important it is to invest in childcare, we need to make sure that the cost modeling process is as accurate as possible. So please take 15 to 30 minutes to complete the market rate survey before the end of December. When you share your story in the market rate survey, you help strengthen the collective voice of early childhood educators throughout the state. Share your story, strengthen our voice. You can find all of the information you need to complete the market rate survey at our website, maineyc.org. Use the navigation bar at the top of the page to go to the policy and advocacy section and go to the state advocacy page to find all of that information. Or you can go directly to maineaeyc.org slash state advocacy. Thank you to everyone who has completed the survey already. You are doing such an important thing in order to make childcare in this state better for everyone. Are you thinking about going back to school to get your early childhood education degree? Maine AEYC and the Office of Child and Family Services wants to make it happen for you. We are proud to facilitate the Teach Scholarship Program so that early childhood educators throughout the state can go back to school to get their associate or bachelor's degree with most expenses covered. 
The TEACH program is unique because it's a partnership between you, Maine AEYC, and your employer. Together, we all work to ensure that you can successfully meet your career and educational goals. If you get a TEACH scholarship, Maine AEYC pays for 85% of your tuition costs, your employer pays for 7.5%, and you are only responsible for the remaining 7.5% of your tuition cost. For those seeking their associate degree, that's an average of only $260 per year that you must pay out of pocket. Exactly, Tony. You can get your degree through the TEACH Scholarship Program for very little money and without having to take out loans. It's such a phenomenal program to support early childhood educators throughout Maine. In addition to funding your tuition, TEACH recipients are paid for two hours a week of release time so that they can study without losing pay from work or time from their families. The scholarship provides a stipend each term and the scholarship pays for 85% of your book costs. The scholarship provides so much to its recipients. And in addition to all of those benefits, Teach Scholarship recipients get one-on-one counseling and support from a Maine AEYC staff member to ensure that they can successfully complete their program. It's so simple to apply for a Teach Scholarship. Go to maineayc.org application and download the application to your computer. After that, it should only take about 30 minutes to fill out the form and apply. Again, that's maineauic.org slash application. M-A-I-N-E-A-E-Y-C dot org slash application. Apply for a Teach Scholarship today and get back into the classroom to get your degree. All right, so today I am joined by Tanya Hernandez and Cindy Tosca, who teach at a bilingual program in Ellsworth. Hi. Hello. Welcome. I'm very excited to chat with you both. So we'll jump right in and I will first ask each of you to introduce yourselves and share with me how you got into bilingual teaching and and your journey there. Um, My name is Tanya Hernandez and I'm the director owner of Mis Primeros Pasos, My First Steps. And I'm Cindy Tosca and I am the lead teacher for the infant toddler room. Yeah, and my our or my um my lingual teaching journey, I mean, I I think it it honestly began when I was a young girl. Um, I always loved to help my classmates out. I was always like, you know, kind of like a second teacher to them, and always trying to help them out with homework or you know, because I was very, I I love to do homework and I love to learn and learn new things. So I started there, I feel like kind of having that kind of education or teaching uh, grow from like not just a student, but also being a helper and helping others. So as I got older, I had my two, um, well, my first daughter, I had her. um, And then from there, I kind of grew to love um, working with children um, and seeing how they evolve and grow. Um, I also started working at the Blueberry Harvest School, which was my first real experience working as a teacher. Um, and at the Blueberry Harvest School, which is usually located in Millbridge, we had they had a lot of students who were bilingual and that came from different cultures. So we were very, we focused a lot on trying to, you know, celebrate those differences and those cultures and you know, there's a lot of teachers that spoke different languages to be able to have that communication with, ch- with the children. So 
I really grew to love working with children and where I speak Spanish, you know, I wanted to be able to do that also, um, not only with my children, but with other people's children. So as for me, um, also started young. I, when I was in public school, I was put into English as my second language program because they thought that I didn't know a lot of English. But in reality, I knew enough both languages. But because I my first language was Spanish, they put me in the program. And I still remember some of the kids would, they're still friends of mine until now, but they would ask me, well, why are you in there? Are you like a special needs student or something? I'm like, no, no, no. It's just because I speak Spanish. And they're like, well, what's special about speaking Spanish? I was like, there's nothing special about it. It's just another language, some language you don't understand. Like I can say, you are beautiful, you're nice to you in Spanish, and you wouldn't know what it meant. And they're like, oh, well, that's sweet. I wish I knew how to speak a second language. And I remember since then, I was like, it would be cool for other people to speak a second language. Like, I've heard a lot of people say Spanish sounds like very exotic, very like different, and sounds very fluent. Like if you're singing, that's what they've told me before. And then as I grew up, I also started working at different daycares and I would sing Spanish songs. And because they're kids, they learn stuff real quick sometimes. And they would get some words in Spanish and parents would be like, what are my child saying? Like, what is he or she saying? Because I don't understand these words. And I'll be like, oh, this is this word. And, and they'll be like, oh my goodness, I learned a new word in Spanish. I'll be like, yeah, <laughs> obviously for me, it doesn't feel special, but for them, it was like something new. So I was, every time it happened, I was like, well, I'm glad you enjoy, you know, speaking a different language. And then I started working previous before coming work with Tanya. I worked at a Mono's and Mono handed hand uh, organization and I was the tutor and I would teach teenagers how to speak English because they came from different countries they would only speak Spanish and that's another thing I learned there's a lot of different Spanish <laughs> there's Latin Spanish there's Spain Spanish and there's like <laughs> southern Mexico Spanish southern Latin and it's different and as soon as I started teaching them just the basic and they would be like hey at least I'm glad that now I can ask for soda or if I need work I'll be like are you hiring or do you need help or stuff I'm like well I'm glad you're able to communicate now so I think for me that was my journey with being bilingual it's that I've learned that a lot of people actually do want to learn Spanish they just either don't have time or they just find it difficult because it is a difficult language sometimes <laughs> Especially if you get into the grammar. But yeah, that's my journey with bilingual. That's very interesting. I, I resonate with that. I've always wanted to learn a second language. I took Latin for eight years, which was my favorite class. Yeah. <laughs> but it um it didn't really prepare me well to learn a second language uh, verbally. Like I can pick up the reading and the writing of other languages really quickly now because of that. Um, but <laughs> you don't speak Latin, right? Like I, so I never, 
had to speak another language or like think in another language in that way. And so it's really hard for me now as an adult to learn mm -hmm. another language. Oh, yeah. So tell me about your program at Mis Primeros Pasos. So um, our program, currently we have um, four bilingual staff, so they speak English and Spanish. Um, so a lot of what we do with kids is we try to um, speak to them in Spanish primarily. Um, it just gets a little bit tricky where we have, you know, a lot, a big majority of the kids are native English speakers. Um, so we do go back and forth between the two languages. Um, a lot of the activities that we do, we do like songs, we do um, reading in Spanish and English. So those songs, we do them in both languages. So they're, you know, listening to it in both languages. And a lot of it is just a lot of exposure, like just exposing them to the language. Um, also providing like visuals and provide like saying the word in English and Spanish with a visual that helps with like language barriers. Um, so anything else you want to add? Just being repetitive. That's really what it is with us. Well, for me, in being the baby room, it's just being very repetitive. Um, if we say, if they try to say something or a word, I'll be like, for example, we have one who will say water. And we'll be like, oh, yes, that's water, agua. So they know that it's two words, water and agua. And we have had them, all of them go Agua, agua, because it's a lot easier than water for them to pronounce it. But they they will once they like one of them who's older, a little bit older now, will say water. And if we don't hear him the first time, he'll come up to me and be like, agua, agua. I'm like, okay, I know you want water. Mm -hmm. I'm coming getting for you. I'm just give me a second. But it's very, I guess in a way for the babies, it's a little bit difficult, different because we can't do writing with them yet. So I do a lot of songs and being repetitive with the same songs in Spanish and English. So they both know what it means. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think the other part of our program too is we do different events with families um, depending on like, I mean, part of it is to what the families are into, but also trying to expose them to other cultures and other traditions that we do. Like we just had a day of the dead celebration with families. They would come and we had food, we had games, face painting and stuff like that. So kind of just ex ex also exposing families to other cultures and traditions that we, we do so that the kids also have kind of an idea of not just well, you know, they may do at home, but like here's something else that other people may do it in other countries. With the words that you repeat, like water and agua, are there specific words that you kind of choose or are you kind of just throwing them in throughout the day? We do both. Yeah. Uh, we try to, for example, with the curriculum that we're following, it gives us a letter every day. So for this week, this this past week that just we're finishing today, it was O and T. So we used owl, we used um, tiger, tree, sometimes even the stuff we used for the activities. I'll say paint, pintura. You want to do art, arte. So like the words that we're using, it's like everyday things that we're doing. And 
the words that we're, or letters that we're doing for that week, or also the songs. It's, we do one, two, three, four, five, ten, one through 10, or we'll do songs like head, shoulders, knees, and toes mm -hmm. for them to know where's your head, but we do it also in Spanish, all of them. So basically we sing songs twice <laughs> in different languages, <laughs> yeah. which they enjoy because the babies just love dancing all the time and singing. And they just love it that we're doing different languages. Yeah. And I for the preschoolers, um, their day is a little bit more stru structured. So, for example, during circle time, we go over, you know, the days of the week. We go over them in English and Spanish. We go over um, the numbers. Also, we have to, like a number of the week and we count in English and Spanish. Mm -hmm. uh, we also do colors. We do those in English and Spanish. So it's based on what, like the color of the week or the number of the week is but we do them in English and Spanish so they're not just like being Ever thrown <laughs> yeah. you know it's like we have a more focus of what we're learning that week yes. um to be able to expand that way because preschoolers is a little bit more structured they have we have a theme a monthly theme that we're working on so this month we're working on ice castles and there's specific vocabulary words that the children, you know, are learning each day, depending on what the activity is. And we teach it to them in English and Spanish. And um, that's how they kind of are starting to build vocabulary slowly, but not being completely thrown to um, with the mixture of the languages. I can imagine, you know, if you've only ever spoken English and then you show up at school and they're just speaking in Spanish, that might be a little overwhelming. So makes sense that you have it in a more structured way that just kind of layers on top of your curriculum. So what are the benefits for kids of attending a bilingual program like this? I think one of the biggest benefits is the cognitive development. Um, kids at a young age, um, if they're exposed to like new languages, like the brain is able to observe it a lot like faster and easier at a young age and retain it compared to like as you're older um and it really um it, it helps with like memory for example um children can have better memory because they're learning not one word but they're learning two words per se so it's kind of like they have a better memory as well as executive functioning they're able to um kind of remember inf uh, more information and learn how to problem solve um so i think those those are some of the different benefits um i think also is it's also opening up like kind of a new world right they're opening up the being able to communicate to some somebody who may not speak english so it's kind of in the future it helps um children to be able to um, maintain a, or get a job where if they speak both languages, they're able to have that communication with, an, with another culture. I guess another benefit is just brings a lot more opportunities. Um, not only socializing like we've seen or we've talked about right now where it's it expands the brain of the kids where it's like now they're able to absorb more information, um, but also socializing and because for example I have parents where different cultures married and so we have a parent who speaks Spanish and the other parent speaks English only and they're like well we've met we love each other and they can understand their own you know their own way of communicating 
But when it comes to us, they'll be like, well, my husband doesn't know how to explain what happened with the kid today. Well, I'll be like, oh, okay, this is what happened. Da, da, da. And they're like, oh, okay, better. I understand better now. So it's in that way, communicating with other people also, it's it's a benefit. And it's something that I think people don't really um, understand sometimes because I know it happens to me, but I'll be speaking to you in English, but I'm thinking about the words in Spanish or I'll be talking in Spanish to somebody and I'll be thinking about the words in English so that whenever I speak, <laughs> for some reason, I'm thinking of the words and it's like, well, now I know what word I use for this. <laughs> so <laughs> it keeps my brain functioning all day. <laughs> That's a healthy brain. <laughs> yeah. Working all those cognitive skills. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> So I'm guessing that is a great benefit in the long run. Mm. And also, like you said, in addition to like the communication skills and the cognitive benefits of just knowing the second language, there's the opening up of all the other cultures, right? Like they could travel to those other cultures more easily if they can speak that language. And like you're introducing a lot of that in your program. In your program, is it, are you guys mostly introducing like Mexican traditions? Because Day of the Dead, I associate with Mexico. I know it's celebrated other places, but um, there are so many different cultures that speak Spanish. And so are you focused on one or are you doing kind of just any Spanish traditions? Yeah, I mean, I think that's actually one of my goals to be able to do is um, be able to have kind of like a monthly theme of like a Hispanic culture that month because there are so many you know countries that speak Spanish and have different traditions so that's something that we that I have talked with my team about maybe doing in the future because we are primarily most of us are um Mexi well, Mexican yeah Mexicans yeah. Um, my mom is from Honduras so I kind of have a mixture of those two so I kind of try to include some of that stuff but also like you know we do have I think another family who is from Vietnam yeah we have we have one also that's from I think from Ecuador I think oh yeah yeah yep so trying to um, include some of those other countries as well I think so that it's not just you know like you said Mexican tradition but also other Hispanic traditions as well yeah, I love learning about other cultures. <laughs> so I yes. think the more we can do that with kids too, like like you said, the bigger their worlds become. Yes, yes. Oh, I yeah. think it's, I mean, honestly, it, it also kind of sets their um, like mindset for when they grow up to be open about like other things that they may not be used to. Um, differences in other people. Yeah, differences in other people and being more like, What's the word I want to say? Being more. You know it in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> I'll help you. <laughs> yeah. Being more welcoming, kind yes. of. Yeah. Like empathy, like building some yeah. empathy. Better. Yeah, building yeah. empathy. Yes. Yeah. Um. So you already said most of your students in your program are native English speakers. So I'm curious. You know, I find a lot of the time that bilingual programs open because there's a large concentration of whatever language speaker is there right there's a lot of French programs in Maine right because there are a lot of native French speakers for example 
So I'm curious, um, kind of what brought you to opening a center in Ellsworth that is bilingual? Yeah, I mean, I, so I kind of grew up in the Down East area, in Harrington, Mobridge area, and there is a huge population down there of Hispanic speakers uh, or Spanish speakers. And recently I moved, I think three or four years ago, I moved down here to Ellsworth and there really isn't a lot of population up here, but there is some that I've come to know. And I think, you know, something that for me as a kid, I would have loved is to have, you know, a program where, you know, there is Spanish and English speakers, you know, um, Spanish and English exposure, you know, not just the English portion, but also Spanish, because that's mostly what my parents spoke at home. And where I spoke a lot of English, I kind of lost my some of my Spanish because I didn't have as much exposure where I spent most of my time at school. Um, so much, much of my Spanish was lost in like my in public. Yeah, in the process. And then as I, you know, once I graduated and everything from high school, um, I actually started to speak more Spanish. And I found it that, I, oh, wow, I, I really need to continue speaking Spanish because it's very useful, you know, as I traveled down south or I moved around, I found that there was a lot of use in having another language. Um, and even though there isn't a huge population here, I wanted something for my daughter as well so that she could continue to also speak um, both languages because I think they're both very important. So I think that's kind of what I wanted um, or have brought me to open up a childcare and make it bilingual because it's something that's important, I think, everywhere. Yeah, like honoring <laughs> each child's full self. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so what are the challenges you face as a bilingual program? Are, are there challenges that are kind of unique to being a bilingual program? Yeah, so I think um, as kind of the owner, some of the challenges that I had before opening was trying to find staff who are bilingual, first of all, and that have the proper certifications um, to be able to, you know, work in a childcare um, or finding staff who are willing to learn Spanish. Um, so I think that was one, one of my biggest challenges when opening up the program. And then uh, I think we also mentioned uh, <laughs> starting a new language. Um, like you said, for an adult, it's difficult. Uh, for some kids, it's easy to, to absorb, but it's still difficult to associate words in different languages. And some of the kids normally, like I've known, for example, other daycares that I've worked, I would expose them to Spanish because the directors would allow me to it. But once we really got down to it, most of them didn't take it home because it's not being repeated at home. How would I say it? Like it's not exposed also at home. So it has to be both. For example, at home for me, when I was younger, it was just Spanish, just Spanish. Once I got to school, daycare or uh, kindergarten, it was just English. So once I got into teenagers, 
for me, by that time, I knew a lot more Spanish than English, but also because I spent most of like 80% of my time at school, English was becoming my dominant language. But, and, and like Tanya said, you start to forget some words because it has happened to us. We'll, we'll be talking and she's like, well, how, how do you say this word in Spanish? I'll be like, uh, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> let, my, let me reload my brain just for a second. <laughs> but because you lose that process. And so, but at home now as an adult, my parents are always like, hey, remember to practice, read in Spanish, speak in Spanish, watch stuff in Spanish so that you don't forget words because it's easy to forget them if you don't repeat them. Even as adults, you have to repeat it so that you don't forget it. So I guess that's a for us is a challenge with it being just at the program here because sometimes it's not being set and done at home. Mm -hmm. And so it you lose it. <laughs> so I guess for us, that's a challenge. It's like, oh, we worked so hard for them to learn your second language. Mm -hmm. And it's like, at home, it's like, we don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so for us I guess that's one of the challenges mm -hmm. yeah and I think too um, one of the things that we do is we go back and forth between the Spanish and English because um, you know if I'm just speaking Spanish to one child they're not going to know what I'm yeah. saying if they're not you you know if that's not their language so we do a lot of that too so that they're not also just confused about what's going on but it is nice to hear um, when parents do say, oh, I, you know, my child was counting in Spanish at home. So like oh, yeah. we know like that they are um, learning. It's just also trying to figure out how we can keep that going. <laughs> and I think so, too. And I enjoy it all the time when the parents will come in and they'll be like, my son or my child is saying a new word. What is what does that mean? I'll be like, okay, you know what? I'll make you a list. <laughs> yeah. And then they'll bring it home the next time. They'll be like, my child is saying another word. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's good. That's good. These are the words I've heard so far, but I'm glad she's like repeating them at home too. So I guess we feel fulfilled in a way that we are doing our part and um, not only learning a language, but sharing it at home. Because not only do the children learn, but the parents learn too. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a good, I love the program. <laughs> well, that's what we want to see from all of our child care teachers, right? <laughs> Is that they yeah. love the job. So that's awesome. Um, do you find that most parents are excited about learning Spanish with their kids? Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of the, parents because you you know that is in our in my handbook that I do share you know that we do incorporate Spanish so a lot of the parents will ask about it and you know they are like I said excited to hear their child speak another language um, even if they don't may not understand what they're saying but you know <laughs> it is exciting for them and a lot of the parents that come it's usually because not only like what you know the quality of care that we give but also having that kind of something different um, in a child care. A new learning experience for them. Yeah, it's kind of like a selling point of choosing you for their child care is this learning opportunity for yes. their kids. Growing from that, like your program is growing. There are a lot of, or there are a lot more bilingual programs in Maine now than ever before. There are also some like fully immersive language programs. And so I'm curious as this kind of continues to grow and 
more kids are getting language education in multiple languages, what do you see as the future of that education here in Maine? Yeah, I mean, I know a few years ago, I think it was in 2022, the I attended a meeting that the Maine Department of Education held, I believe, about kind of providing resources on how to open bilingual programs. And it could be like elementary or, you know, uh, just a variety of programs in Maine. And so I saw quite a bit of people just in that meeting that we held. So I think it's definitely something that a lot of people are interested in being able to expand. And I think, you know, well, I hope that there is more programs available, at least down towards this area, because I know there's probably more so um, like in the Portland area and stuff. And also, I think it's starting to become a, um, I don't know if you noticed it, but on like job interviews, there is starting to, or applications, my bad, um, it's starting to become a requirement or a necessity that if you speak both languages, it's, you're just open, like I said earlier, more open to opportunities um, to work. Um, and a lot of the opportunities, not only in childcare, but other jobs like at McDonald's. <laughs> I know there's like, oh, if you speak Spanish and English, perfect, you know, because you are able to communicate with workers who come in who only speak Spanish um, and you're able to know what they're ordering or stuff like that. So I'm, I'm for the future, I think it's going to be a lot bigger learning two languages. And I don't mean it for just Spanish and English. Yeah. It could be different languages, but I feel like it's going to start becoming incorporated not only with the speaking, but the cultures too, mm -hmm. so that you have better understanding with cultures. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like cultural competency and and all of those skills are so important in in the workplace. And as a result, it'll kind of trickle down, hopefully, to schools so that people build that competency. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right. Well, those are all of the questions I had prepared, but. Are there any other things that you want to share about your program or bilingual education? Just that it's fun learning a second language <laughs> and to try it. <laughs> Baby steps. Yes. Um, not just, I know I was trying to learn Mandarin and I could do the speaking part, but not the writing and reading. And I was like, you know what? This is a little bit difficult, but it also gave me opportunity because as I was speaking to my professor, they were like, you know, when once you speak two languages, your brain is open to taking in more languages because your mind's already expanded. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I never knew that. So it's fun learning a different language. Might not be easy, but it's fun. Definitely. <laughs> Yeah, and I think too, it's um, it's also interesting because we have a couple of students who um, are bilingual, but they're not um, Spanish speaker. They're um, they I think it's Vietnamese. Yes, they speak at home Vietnamese with fan with their family. So it's also interesting to like now now they're learning like not only a second language, but learn they're learning a third language now. So it's like it's and they do pick it up you know quickly too, and it's. It's just interesting, you know, the more languages, you know, the better. I always wish I could have learned how to like speak French, <laughs> yeah. you know, just to have that third language. Um, 
because it's, I mean, it benefits you in just so many ways. Definitely. Absolutely. And they say that like, you can learn, like basically anyone can learn a second language if they try, but learning a third is hard. So like, (laughs) because then you've got like so many pieces in your brain, but if you can learn a third, then it's like, you can do 20 languages yeah yeah. it's very true very true yeah (laughs) like you just gotta get over that like that hump of the third language and then like your mind is like exploded open (laughs) definitely so I'm curious with the Vietnamese student are you encouraging them to to bring in some Vietnamese words like are you doing water agua whatever water is in Vietnamese I don't know that one (laughs) yes yeah um I try to do because she's an infant so oh, it's hard okay. for her to speak it yeah it's hard for her to speak it but we do I do try to some words that I'm learning also mm-hmm. to speak to her because I'm like okay English and Spanish is not you're not understanding the word I'm trying to tell you so I'm like okay let me try your language and so <laughs> sometimes she'll just look at me like what did you just say <laughs> Yeah, but, and then our other student that we have is um is who also speaks Vietnamese. She's in the preschool room, and we ask her all the time, "How do you say this in you know your language?" And she'll tell us, and we'll repeat it. And you know, it's interesting because then the other children will hear that, and like they want to learn too. Yeah, they start so, copying. You know, it's so then they are exposed to like another culture, another language. You know, so all their it's just amazing the diversity that we have within just this program you know and how the kids honestly love learning about it too is really amazing absolutely I would love to come up and visit at some point and see you guys in action because it sounds amazing (laughs) you're welcome to come anytime (laughs) okay awesome all right well again thank you guys so much for coming it was so lovely to chat with you and and to talk about bilingual education and the yep. future of it. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yes. <laughs> All right. All right. Bye. Bye. Have a nice day. <laughs> yeah. When we come back from this break, I will share a few songs and counting patterns in other languages that you can try to incorporate in your early childhood classroom. Hey, did you know that 2024 is Maine AEYC's 20th anniversary year? We are so excited to celebrate this milestone with all of you across the state. We have a ton of special events planned, so I will be sharing more about those in the coming months. And if you follow us on social media and or subscribe to our e-news, you will be the first to learn about those events as they come up. But in the meantime, we are looking for your help with our 20th anniversary celebration. If you have been a longtime member or were a member in the past at all, we would love to get little snippets of history from you. What's something you remember from Maine AEYC in the past? Do you have any pictures you could share with us that we could share out in our own communications about the 20th anniversary? If you have any stories or photos or recollections that you can share with us, we would love to have it. So if you would like to share those with us, you can email any materials to info at maineaeyc.org. We thank you in advance for helping us with our 20th anniversary. We hope to see you at one, if not all, of our 20th anniversary celebrations in the coming year. 
See you soon. All right, I'm back and I'm ready to share some practical tools that you can start using right away in your classroom to begin teaching foreign languages or second, third, fourth languages in your classroom with your students. First, I'm going to start with a song that I used to teach in my preschool and kindergarten classrooms, and I also have taught with children all the way up through fourth grade. They all love this song. It is a head, shoulders, knees, and toes variation in Japanese. As Tanya and Cindy mentioned, there are head, shoulders, knees, and toes variations in basically any language. So if that seems like a fun and easy route for you to go, you can Google and look on YouTube at different languages doing head, shoulders, and knees, and toes and choose the one that you want to teach in your classroom. But right now, I'm going to teach you the version that I know, which is in Japanese. So I'm going to start in English to remind you of the tune and lyrics to Head, Shoulders, Knees, and Toes, just in case you've forgotten, and then I'm going to repeat it in Japanese. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes, knees, and toes. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes, knees, and toes. Eyes and ears and mouth and nose. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes, knees, and toes. Ata makata itza achi itza achi. Ata makata itza achi itza achi. Me to mimi to kuchi to hana. Ata makata itza achi itza achi. So you can go back and listen to that over and over if you want to start teaching Ata Makata in your classroom. I will also link in the show notes to a recording of my students singing that song last year. Another simple way to begin using other languages in your classroom is counting. Tanya and Cindy also talked about this. So I'm going to give examples of counting in a variety of languages, some of which I had to look up on YouTube how to pronounce. And that is also a tip that I recommend personally to all of you who are trying to teach different languages to your students. If you're not sure how to pronounce something, look it up on YouTube. There is almost definitely a video showing you how to pronounce it. So we'll start by counting to 10 in English. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Now we'll count to ten in Spanish. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis, siete, ocho, nueve, diez. Now we'll count to ten in German. Eins, zwei, drei, vier, fünf, sechs, sieben, acht, neun, zehn. Now we'll count to ten in French. Un, deux, trois, quatre, cinq, six, sept, huit, neuf, dix. Now I will count to ten in Somali. Ku, labo, sere, afar, shan, lich, todobo, sedi, sagal, toban. And the last language I will try to count to 10 in now is Vietnamese because Cindy and Tanya sparked my interest in learning that language. Mo, hai, ba, bom, nam, sao, bai, tam, 
Chin, Mui. And there's probably a good chance that I mispronounced several of the words in many of those languages, and that's part of the learning experience, which is why I'm modeling it for you now. So again, go to YouTube, watch a native speaker of the language you're interested in, say the words that you are trying to learn, especially counting to 10. That's an easy one to do in the classroom, and I encourage you to do it. Even if you don't think you're going to do it perfectly, I didn't do it perfectly, you can start this process with your children in the classroom now. Just try your best to make it as authentic and accurate as possible by using the resources available to you, like, for example, YouTube videos. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I hope that you start learning how to speak a foreign language for yourself because December is Learn a Foreign Language Month. And I hope that you start incorporating it into the classroom as much as possible and to the extent that you're comfortable with. Starting with just a little thing can go a long way. Thanks so much for listening. You have just finished another episode of 123 All Ears on Me. This is an early childhood education podcast produced by the Maine Association for the Education of Young Children. You can learn more about us at maineaeyc.org. That's M-A-I-N-E-A-E-Y-C dot org. This episode was edited, produced, recorded, and hosted by me, Kaylena Mills. See you next time.